Good morning, everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're reading Luke 24, verses 36 to the end. 26 to the end. Uh, it should be 36, shouldn't it, Mike? Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> so on in the Blue Bibles, it's page 1061. While they were still talking about this, Jesus stood uh, himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet, and while they still did not believe him, uh, believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Uh, sorry about the uh, reading in the outline. I uh, left Good Friday's reading there, but we got the right one, so we're all good. All right, let me pray. Then we're going to get into considering Easter again this Easter morning. Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks that we can come together uh, wherever we're at with you this morning, whether we're not sure whether we're on board with the Easter story or whether we're here again remembering and thinking and praising you for what you've done. Help us to consider your word and be transformed by it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let me just grab my talk here. Now, I uh, thought over the week, wouldn't it be good to know death doesn't win? Wouldn't that be good? That there's something more beyond death. To have confidence in that. Now, I don't know if anyone's seen it yet. It's only just come out, uh, but a movie that was on Netflix that I saw this week, The Discovery. Has anyone heard of it by any chance? It's uh, a movie Robert Redford's in, and I saw it, and really, that's what this movie is about. It was kind of a bit icky, but um, in the way it was talking about it, but the idea was Robert Redford, I can't remember his name in the movie, but Robert Redford, um, he had proven scientifically, 
without a shadow of a doubt, there is life after death. There is some kind of sphere of existence for humanity after death. It's the discovery. It was a big deal, obviously, if it was proven scientifically in a scientific age that all the evidence was overwhelming and he had proven it. But he, at the beginning of the movie, is being interviewed. Six months after the world had found out about this discovery and why did he finally uh, willing to have an interview? Because he wanted to calm everybody down. Because how did the world respond to this news? Well... Suicide rate went through the roof because everybody thought there's something more than this and this isn't working, I'll go there now. And mass hysteria happened. It's a really interesting idea of a movie to think about we want something more beyond this life. Now, I won't give away the ending because... I don't really understand it yet. I think I need to go back and it's one of those kind of movies, you know, those kind of Inception movies where you think, oh, who knows. But I think that movie points to a yearning, a yearning for something more after death. And if we could know, if we could know, wouldn't that be amazing? And I think Easter Sunday takes us out of this idea of needing amazing technology and amazing kind of futuristic hopes of the future to see it's on this day that we remember we can truly know that there is something beyond. And it's more than just an idea of a sphere that exists. It's real hope. It's real life. God breaks into his creation. Jesus, God, become flesh to reveal to us there is life beyond death. And so that's what my privilege is this morning, is to take you through that and to help you see that maybe afresh, to encourage you and to challenge you to hold on to it with everything you have. And so that's what I want us uh, to do today as we go through um, some passages in the scriptures that talk about Jesus defeating death. And what I want us to see is that Jesus comes. He comes into the world and he has a ministry that starts in his 30s and that whole ministry that he does, it starts when he's uh, baptised, when God himself uh, says he's pleased with him and he's endorsed by God's spirit, that moment the expectation is built that this Messiah is going to come and it's Jesus. The whole of God's people were waiting for a Messiah, a Christ, that's someone who's chosen to be their king. And he comes, starts off saying he's that guy, and then his whole ministry is about proving it. And one of the key aspects to that is that if you've ever read the Gospels, you'll see that they've got lots of miracles in them. Because that was one of the signs that God's people were supposed to see that the Messiah comes with miracles. But there are three miracles in the Gospels that point to the fact that the Messiah was going to do something not in the script. Well, not that they could see in the script. It was there, but they didn't see it. He took on death. The one thing no one else 
can deal with. He took it on. There's three stories in which Jesus brings someone back to life. There's the widow, uh, the widow's son at Nain in Luke chapter 7. There's Jairus' daughter in uh, Luke chapter 8. And then in uh, John chapter 11, there's Lazarus, his good friend, who he brings back to life. You see, the widow's son, he just says to this dead child, Young man, I say to you, get up, in Luke chapter 7. Now imagine saying that to someone who is dead. And then imagine witnessing him sit up and start talking, as Luke chapter 7 tells us. The story of Jairus' daughter, the synagogue leader, was desperate for Jesus to heal his daughter. Send word to get him and Jesus is coming and, and he's doing some other um, miracles on the way. But then they give word to Jesus, don't worry, devastation has happened, she has died. And Jesus says, no, no, she's only sleeping. In other words, I'm going to bring her back to life. And he gets there. He takes this girl by the hand and he says... My child, get up, in Luke chapter 8. Imagine Jairus seeing his dead daughter, hoping that Jesus could heal her and then thinking it's too late. All lost hope, it's all gone. And seeing her stand up. Extraordinary. And then you get Lazarus in John chapter 11. Uh, and I'd encourage you to go back and read these passages today. Maybe read them with your family. Uh, John chapter 11, 1 to 44, that whole great story. So many allusions to the resurrection in, in, in John uh, chapter 11, where his good friend Lazarus is dying and he goes there. and But he finds out that he's already dead. Sisters are devastated and it's too late. He'd been dead for four days, you read. He's in the tomb. He's in the grave. The illusions come out uh, thick and fast in this story. But Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. Four days. He's going to smell. He comes out. It is linen on, the, the wrappings that they do to prepare a body for death. He was that dead. And here comes Lazarus alive again. Jesus takes on death in his ministry and he shows he has a certain power over death very clearly. These stories are spectacular. But if this is it, well, Jesus, you could say, has won some rounds in the battle against death. Death would still win the battle. Why? Why do you think that's the case? Why would I say that? Because the widow's son, Jairus' daughter, Lazarus himself, they will die again. If this is it, death still is the victor. But this is absolutely not all there is. 
This is absolutely not all there is. Because Jesus doesn't just take on death in his ministry and what he does. His whole ministry is about him going to take on death in his own life. Which is what we remember today. Even in the story of John's, oh, Lazarus. In John, you see in chapter 11, 25, is hopefully coming up there. There it is. Jesus said to Martha, uh, who is devastated about what's going on uh, with, her, with Lazarus being dead, Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Not that I can bring out about resurrections, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though he dies. Jesus is alluding to the fact that there may actually be a death moment, but it's not the end as death is. There's life, real good life after. Because he takes on death in his own life. It's how the story of Jesus ends. It's how the story of Jesus ends as he puts his own life on the cross. We, we thought about that on Friday if you were here. We, we considered how Jesus went to the cross so that he could deal with all our baggage, our sin. And he dealt with it. And he defeats it by rising again, which Daniel read just a little snippet of the end of the resurrection story for us, where Jesus appears and says, peace be with you. The moment of the widow's son, Jairus' daughter and Lazarus is spectacular. But imagine Jesus himself coming back and saying, peace be with you. This is what we remember at Easter. Now, the thing is, we don't just remember that Jesus rose from the dead. Well, we shouldn't in any case. Did you see where um, that, that passage ended? Right at the end there, we read in verse 50, when he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Jesus is now living, taken up. In other words, saying he's defeated death. Death has no power over him. He reigns and continues to live forever and ever. He ascended into heaven is the way we talk about it. The beginning of Luke's second account where he talks about the church starting, he goes back in Acts chapter 1 and he starts it off by going back to Jesus actually ascending to heaven to make the point. He tells his disciples, I will be with you and then he is still reigning and living and he sends his spirit to them so that they can continue in him. Jesus didn't just die and rise like Lazarus. He died and rose forever. He won. Death now has been KO'd. Death now cannot grab a hold. It's an amazing thing to see. Jesus won the battle. It wasn't even a battle in that that it was a conflict, that it was hard to win. Jesus is Lord of all. Death was never going to defeat him. It wasn't a contest, even though it caused him great cost. 
we see this victory in 1 Corinthians 15. If you've got your outline there, it's 1 Corinthians 15, not uh, chapter 1. Uh, and we see in 1 Corinthians 15 how big this victory is. We see it there. Oops, sorry. On um, 1 Corinthians 15, when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? Death loses because there is a forever. It's not like how um, uh, either my son talks about forever. Whenever I ask him to do something, like clean his bedroom, he says, that will take forever. That's not the forever we're talking about, right? It's not a forever that has an end point. It's the glory of with God forever, that nothing can stop it. It doesn't stop. When the perishable is now clothed with the imperishable. Imperishable means not to decay. When mortal goes to immortality, it means to live forever. So death, that usually does the swallowing up, has now been swallowed. And so those great words in 55, where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? Nowhere in Jesus. How great is that news? See, we cannot have the Christian life. We cannot seek to be a good person with Christian values without Easter. Without Easter where we believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead. Because there's life after the grave with God because Jesus makes it possible. You take out that aspect which tragically sometimes happens and you have nothing. In 1 Corinthians 15, it is the chapter of all chapters, I think, in the Bible when it talks about the resurrection. It is glorious in its magnitude and majesty of everything about the resurrection. It's a fantastic chapter. And the Apostle Paul is writing to the people in Corinth to help them see the implications of the resurrection of the dead. But before he gets to the implications, he makes the point, it's so stupid to think you can have uh, a Christian faith without it. He says in verse 17 that your faith is futile and you're dead in your sins without a resurrection. So if you're wondering whether Christianity is for you, it comes down to or not whether you think that Jesus is Lord and reigning and living because he conquered death. Even if you like all the other aspects of the Christian faith, you can't abandon the very heart of it. I think next year at Easter we might just talk about how reliable that evidence is and how much we can trust in it, that our faith is not futile. If you struggle with that, I'd love to encourage you and help you more to wrestle with it because I think we have very good, reliable, historical evidence to believe in the resurrection of Jesus. It's not... As in that movie that I watched where at one point Robert Redford goes, I hate faith. People that have faith that just don't care about evidence. No, no, no. Faith in Jesus is to trust in something we have a good reason to believe in. 
That is faith. It's not a leap in the dark. So here we have, I hope you grab the joy of what Jesus has done this Easter. But here we have the hope that there's something beyond the grave. And we started off with, we see Jesus who points to the fact that he can deal with death. He wins some battles in his ministry. And then we see him take it on in his life. And he defeats it. But you know what happens sometimes? Sometimes we stop there. And we think that's all the resurrection is. The the Corinthians and the early Christians were struggling, not so much all the time with the fact that there was a resurrection, resurrection, but that there is a resurrection that goes beyond Jesus. There are implications for you and I. In 1 Corinthians 15, he says, um, in, uh, in verse 12, he points out to the fact that you say that there's not a res- resurrection from the dead. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And so he points out a bit earlier than the victory that we're just seeing there in verse 55, that there are resurrection for those in Jesus. Let me give you a little snippet of 15, 20 to 28. I'll just give you the first two verses. But this section is really great for seeing that. Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. See, what are we seeing here? It's heaps, actually. But let me just point out, point out one thing. Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruit or first fruits. Fruits. He is the first, the greatest, the one that all belongs to. But he is the first so that we come after him. Those who have fallen asleep. He brings a resurrection of the dead for those who follow him. We are talking about the fact that we conquer death. In Jesus. We may die as we saw earlier, but actually that death doesn't defeat us because we rise from the dead in Jesus. It becomes real for us. It's spectacular. We are with Christ. There are so many implications of this for us. The first thing we see God is victorious. God is the one who is Lord. He is the one who we cannot reject. He's dealt with the one thing no one else in humanity can deal with. As much as our longings and heartaches desire. He is Lord. He is the one with authority and we need to treat him that way. And that means if we've been raised from the dead, we live for what we long for and have been given. We long for eternity and we live for it now. But the situation is not just a kind of okay option. Do you have decisions in your life where you've got two options and they're both good and you could go either way? 
Yes or no? Sometimes we have that, don't we? You just don't know which way to go because when you look in front of you, you think, I could take that job or that job and they're both probably good. I don't know which one to take. Or I could go to that uni or that uni or I could uh, I could uh, buy that um, computer or that, whatever it is. And their options are good in themselves, two options. But here, our starting point is not of a neutral, we can choose either way. The amazing thing is, Jesus raises us from the dead because we are dead in our sins. I thought it's Easter, let's do more Bible than I initially had, and let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Um, I was just reflecting on this this morning, I thought I'm going to throw it in, you guys, it's Easter, you want more Bible than normal, so let's do that today. Um, let's, let's see what happens in Ephesians 2, because there's something really, really interesting about our resurrection. Are you looking forward to being resurrected? Yes? Well, let's just see if we need to change our thinking on that just a smidge. Um, Chapter 2 of Ephesians. If you don't have it there, just let me read uh, a bit of it for you. He starts off in chapter 2, verse 1. As for you, you are dead in your sins. Now, that's pretty serious. Okay? Because the reality is, even if we don't want to admit it, we are walking, but we're dead without Jesus. That's the state we start in. So it's not a neutral position where I can just choose two options. We can't choose anything because we're already dead. We're dead in our sins. So Jesus needs to do something in our life like he did for those three other characters. They can't bring themselves back from the dead. We can't spiritually bring ourselves back from the dead because we are dead, because we're dead in our sins. In chapter 2, Paul goes on to tell the Ephesians, this is because of the way you've lived and all your desires and everything that's wrong. But then in verse 4, and have a listen to this and what it means for our resurrection from the dead. Verse 4, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. That's great, great passage to tell us God's done all this for us. We don't deserve it. And it's, it's one of the classic passages which reminds us about grace, that God's done it all for us. But what we can miss in that passage is when it talks about us being raised. It's not, did you notice in uh, verse 4 as I read it, and God will raise us up with Christ and will seat us with him in the heavenly realms. We look forward to it, which many of you nodded before, but it actually says there, from this uh, angle, and God raised you up in Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus, this isn't just something you long for, it's something you have now. How great is that? While we're not there, while it's not fully consummated, Jesus hasn't returned yet, everything's not happened, but we are raised with Christ. Spiritually, we have gone from being dead to alive, made alive, it says, through the resurrection. We are in the heavenly realms already. How fantastic is that reality 
It's the idea of now and not yet. It's the idea of all the blessings of Christ uh, in Jesus come to us now. We we have them, but their consummation isn't, isn't, isn't yet. But we live now because of it. You see, it's not, I'm going to eat a lot of chocolate today. Because for many of you, it's already, I have eaten a lot of chocolate today. And I'm going to eat more, right? That's what we're seeing. That's the joy of it. What we try and do at Grove is wrestle with that idea in different ways each week. How do we live in light of the fact we're in the heavens already, seated with him, because of Jesus? We don't just talk about eternity, whereas that's our our focus and where we're heading, our number one goal, and we want many more people to love and serve him and be there, but we live now in it. We don't just ignore it now. And so he's the victor. The implications of our resurrection from the dead is that we have it now and we long for its consummation. And so we live in light of it. And then the last implication of a day like today is to respond to God in praise and thankfulness. 1 Corinthians 15, a great chapter on the resurrection, ends with I've got a feeling the batteries are dying on this thing. I'm pressing it like four times. So here we go. The implications are 1 Corinthians 15, 56 to 57. We see it here. The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see there, the response, thanks be to God. It's praise. We can't just like what God's done and not be thankful people because of what he's done. Christ is indeed risen and we thank him for what he's done. And we remember that his victory, ridiculously amazing, his grace means that that's our victory. His death, his resurrection is our death, our resurrection. That is a spectacular, spectacular moment in history where we get to live in light of it. And so as we finish, I just want to ask you, who do you want to take on death in your life? You can do it yourself, but surely... You have to accept you can't win. You can't win because you're already dead. Death's already won. It's in Christ where we can win. His victory is our victory. So what would you do if the discovery was that there was life after Well, I think when we truly come to the work of Jesus, we have great reason to think there is. And it's full of joy and hope and longing for glory. And that is why we can see that God has given us the gift of eternal life for us to respond to. Our very last 
our verse to look at today, uh, Romans 6.23. See, this, uh, this verse in Romans is pointing to the fact that God has given us life and it's a gift. You see there, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is your challenge today. To live in light of it and be thankful. Or maybe today, it's the decision to realise he's the only one that can deal with my being dead. And I want to believe and trust and rely on him. That is what you can do today. We'd love to help encourage you in that. I'd love to uh, encourage you and help you figure out what that means more and more as we do that together each week and throughout the weeks, throughout the days at Grove. Wherever you're at, whether you do want to make that decision today or you're wrestling with it and you're not sure but you want to deal with it a bit more or you're a new Christian and you still can't figure it all out, we keep coming if you can to Grove. If you'd like to wrestle with it more, our life course is a great way. It's a really enjoyable, um, uh, easy, non-kind-of-in-your-face way to wrestle with what is life about with Jesus. And that's coming after Easter, and we'll give you all the details about that next week. But can I encourage you not to let this Easter be an Easter where all you do is come to church and not remember that Jesus has dealt with death for you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks that Jesus is indeed Lord of all. We thank you for this resurrection. It's not just him doing something for us, but him doing something for us so that we can be resurrected in him. What joy and glory that is. There is truly no other name that we can rely on. Father, we thank you for Jesus. Amen.